0: We have the first interview of the offseason and the coaching carousels in motion. You don't want to miss this episode of the Indie Ball Report podcast. We are back again, episode number 188 of the Indie Ball Report podcast. I'm Nick, he is Will, and we have an interview this week. We have coaching carousels, and we have another interview to announce. So we have stuff to do in the offseason that's always lovely to see.
1: Of course, we push out all sorts of content in the offseason, even when baseball is done and before really, like the, I guess, the, the big news of the offseason starts to get going, which never happens in October. So, but some notable, some notable names, and of course as well an interview. Also, we also
0: got the American Association. They're currently having their winter meetings in Vale, Colorado. Nice little place to hold those, and I'm sure we'll get a schedule out of them fairly soon after uh, they wrap up there at the end of the week. So, who knows? Maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll have schedules to break down again. I know we all love schedule releases, and there will be boom, boom. definitely some other news coming
1: yeah schedule releases gotta say not my favorite but it just is what it is
0: Uh, I mean you don't like going through a schedule and just saying like oh cool they're playing 100 games again and it's the same teams and the same divisions and everything's exactly the same you don't love doing that
1: Chicago and Milwaukee are going to play each other 800 times like (laughs) uh, they're going to Chicago play like Cleveland like once on on the road you know
0: yeah, I know exactly what you're getting for there. But uh, but yeah, so I guess we should probably just jump right into the interview that we have uh, this week. We talk to Brian LaPinto from the Friends of Hinchcliffe. Uh, this is an organization that's designed for the restoration of Hinchcliffe Stadium, obviously, with the Jackals moving into the stadium in a large uh, investment into the ballpark to try and get it back up to its former glory uh, that is going to happen the ballpark is being restored so uh park some time to talk to him uh, go over the history of the ballpark the significance of the ballpark the, the significance of you know baseball in Patterson uh, and really that whole general theme and what's something that he would like to see out of the what where ways that they could embrace the history of Hinchcliffe and What does the future look like? What makes it stand out? You know, the usual uh, deal in these situations. And I found it to be uh, rather interesting. So, uh, without uh, further ado, I guess we could just jump right into that interview uh, with Brian Lepinto from The Friends of Hinchcliffe. All right, we are back. We have our first interview of the offseason, and it is certainly an interesting one nonetheless. As we all know, the Jackals are going to Hinchcliffe Stadium in Patterson, New Jersey, for the foreseeable future. And so... We had someone reach out to us that is about as close as you can get to an expert on Hinchcliffe Stadium, founded an organization dedicated to, or well, co-founded an organization dedicated to saving this park and its eventual restoration. Uh, that gentleman is Brian Lapinto. He is joining us now. How are you doing today?
2: Great. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate being on the air. Uh,
0: It's a pleasure to have you. And we were certainly interested when you reached out and I saw the email and I was like, oh, this is something of extreme interest. I'm sure to a lot of people, because I know for me personally, like I've grown up in northern New Jersey too, not a half hour away from Hinchcliffe, and I never really knew all too much of it. I mean, hell, until recently, I didn't even really know of its existence. So now to have someone on here that really knows a lot about it, it's uh, certainly a great opportunity.
2: Well, that's great, you know, and, and that's, that's really what it's all about, is really kind of creating that awareness that... Pinchlow Stadium is one of the last remaining Negro League stadiums in, in the United States. And with that said, over 20 Hall of Famers played there, many of whom pl- were in the Negro League. So um, it really is a, a piece of Cooperstown, right, in Patterson. And to think that the New Jersey Jackals will be playing there, uh, it, it's really kind of a great uh, piece of that puzzle.
0: It certainly is. And I guess the the ideal place to start off is just kind of going over the history of Hinchcliffe. You mentioned it was a Negro League stadium. It had I seen dozens and dozens of fantastic ball players, some more well known than others. So I guess if you could just kind of give us a general recap of, you know, the history of the ballpark, maybe a crash course in it to just kind yeah. of start off.
2: I'll try to I'll try to take a ninety year history and kind of you know streamline it a bit. So the long and short is uh, the stadium opened in nineteen thirty two. It opened in July of that year, and uh, so you're talking about halfway through the baseball season. And there was professional baseball right from the outset, um, but what people noticed uh, in nineteen thirty two in that first half season, and then and in all of nineteen thirty three was that uh... when the professional white teams would be playing against uh, african-american teams that attendance would be higher so as we all know baseball is a business uh... at the end of the nineteen thirty three season uh... there was uh... this desire to have a series uh... which would feature the first two african-american teams playing against one another uh... that would be the pittsburgh crawfords and the new york black yankees um, many called that the color championship of the nation um, there's some controversy with, uh, with that series, uh, but, you know, to go into those details, I think you need a whole other show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but that first year and a half was really that uh, kind of like litmus test to really kind of see, you know, where things could go. And by 1934, the New York Black Yankees started playing some home games, you know, kind of on a limited basis. But uh, that limited basis became more more permanent uh new york cubans would play some home games there as well as the New York eagles so those three teams were kind of like the main home teams uh there were other teams that play there for instance when the new york cubans would go on the road a team called the mohawk giants would play a few games there and that was just to keep the baseball momentum going they were kind of like a lower level negro league's team if you will like they didn't yeah. play in the negro national league they were out of schenectady new york um, in fact, that version may not have even been part of the original version, but they had a they had a bit of a following. But um, yeah, at the end of the day, um, in addition to the Negro Leagues action, uh, there are two Hall of Famers that tried out at Hinchliffe Stadium uh, for the Newark Eagles, yeah. and that would be Monty Irvin and Patterson's own Larry Doby. So uh, not only is it uh, a testament to the Negro Leagues players, but... Two future Hall of Famers got their tryout there. That days that would really kind of uh, change their lives forever.
0: Certainly, and I mean, in the case of Larry Doby, he'd go on to change baseball forever with his uh, with his integrating the American League. Obviously, Jackie Robinson's known for the National League, and Larry Doby was very shortly thereafter, if I have my history correct.
2: Yes, you do. Uh, You definitely have it correct, and you have it correct in the sense that it is a mere 11 weeks, and 11 weeks separates Jackie Robinson and Larry Doby, but it seemed like it was much further apart because far too often Larry Doby is forgotten in the conversation of Mm -hmm. whether you want to call it uh, breaking the color barrier or or integration of baseball. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, uh, Doby's contributions to the game uh, far, far supersede really what he's uh, given credit for and my hope is that with the rehabilitation of Hinchliff Stadium that uh, we as a society can start saying that both uh, Jackie Robinson and Larry Doby broke the color barrier, integrated baseball, again, however you want to phrase
0: it. Certainly. I, I think part of the reason it's almost lost now is because Major League Baseball has kind of become just one brand, one league. And we see the American National League, Mars Conferences, when back then they were very legitimate separate leagues. They may have been under one banner, but they was winning your league mattered an awful lot. And To some people, it mattered more than winning the World Series itself because you wanted to win the American League. You're in the American League. You only played the American League. And I think for a lot of people today, it's almost a little bit of a foreign concept because for a lot of people, their whole lives have been, you know, the two leagues play each other. So it must have always been like that
2: yeah that's a very interesting point you know i guess you know when you look at it from that perspective i mean even all-star games were more competitive say during larry doby's time and even prior to that so i think that's a really good point to to kind of you know i guess you know back then it was more of a big deal but they weren't really celebrating you know robinson or doby as much as they would today but now that it's Major League Baseball, and it's like, yes, it's two leagues, but you have interleague play, and, yeah. of course, the advent of free agency, you see a lot of crossover with ball players. You know, again, yeah. Dobie only played in the American League. Yeah. You know, Joe DiMaggio only played in the American League. You know, Stan Musial in the National League. So it's a really good point, but uh, I still think that, uh, you know, we could do a little more.
3: Oh, absolutely. I think it would be nice
2: at the very least if uh, – you know, Cleveland were to play uh, every July 5th with number 14. They were, they did that a couple times over over the years, but I think that's, some, that's something that should be done uh, every year.
0: Oh, yeah, certainly. I mean, at the very least, it should be done, I think, in the American League as a whole. At, if for nothing else, to honor and respect a player that's done an awful lot for the game and to respect and kind of in a way embrace the history of the american Leagues. that's a very significant event that certainly gets glossed over a lot for a lot of people there and i know the jackals themselves they've said and we saw in the frontier league schedule release that we saw last week that they are planning some sort of an event for larry doby day declaring that uh, july 5th as a day yeah, we're, we're going to host an event
2: that, that's great. I obviously like that, right? The key part of it, that, they'll be home on July 5th, which which is mm-hmm. great, and they're going to do a great job. In fact, uh, I was I worked with the Jackals recently, not this past season, but no. the previous season no. for a Larry Doby uh, celebration. It wasn't on July 5th, because I think they were on the road, but no. um, it was during the month of July, and they did a fantastic job of, of honoring uh, Larry, and and I know that they will um, this year and, and, and going forward.
0: And certainly. And so I guess on... On that note, now that the, this team was announced in that, to, to go to Hinchcliffe, I know it was rumored for a while and then about a month ago it became official that that's where they were going. Uh, I guess what's kind of your expectation for the team going to Hinchcliffe now? You know, what ways could they embrace that, that very historic nature of the building and, Kind of respect that and honor that, while also promoting uh, their brand themselves too.
2: Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of great opportunities. I mean, first, I, I think you have to thank uh, Mr. Al Dorso for for wanting to be in Patterson. He's from Patterson originally, yeah. and 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 the Jackals for years, as well as his other ball club, the Sussex County Miners. They they do a great job of, of game presentation and engaging the fans. And I think having this opportunity to play, to be the only professional club to play within the boundaries of a national park, is really something that I think they could benefit from as well. Yeah. Um, even if, if you kind of partner with the park service with special logo logoed baseballs that are only used at the stadium, um, maybe you know having you know a lot of minor league clubs like to wear different uniforms, different like they'll do the Star Wars and things of that nature. Imagine if like their uniforms look like park ranger uniforms, you know. Yeah. So I think there's uh, some great opportunities. Of course, you know wearing the Negro Leagues uniforms, which I, I would imagine they would do mm. on July 5th. I think I think uh, the opportunities are endless, and I think they're they're going to do a fantastic job with that. Um, it's really just about just making sure that there's always something attractive and available um minor league baseball is great for fireworks night and and various bobbleheads and i'm sure they're going to really you know make sure that they're gonna, they're probably going to take advantage of that quite a bit and make that available to the fans um you know i, I believe that they're going to have a, a good following w- with the fans that were at in little falls and, and and then maybe developing new fans in the region in patterson and, and hawthorne and wayne and and just kind of like looking at whatever you know Parameter that they had in Little Falls and kind of moving it over to Patterson. So I think it's going to be a great opportunity, and I'm looking forward to seeing it. And I'm I'm probably going to put my money where my mouth is and become a season ticket holder. So
0: yeah, I mean, it certainly is an exciting time for that whole area, and especially for Patterson as a whole. That's kind of going through a bit of, uh, I guess, a, a reawakening of ways. I mean, for a while, you know, you saw when the industry left, it hit some harder times, but now it seems like between the stadium, between some more money invested in the, in the parks and with a lot more development in the area, it seems like it's starting to turn the page a bit. And I know certainly during the announcement, reading through Facebook comments, which is never a good idea, mind you, but certainly there was some naysayers about that that had concerns about that. So I'm just wondering if you have you know anything to, to really say about to them that may say, oh, well, Patterson, is they have an image of Patterson in their head and that right. may not be correct because I know Nork suffered from a very similar issue and that wasn't really always true of uh, the Nork bears and their current predicament or their past predicament I guess.
2: Exactly and, and, I, and I know that there are folks out there trying to compare the bear situation with Hincheliffe but yeah. you have a, a number of different factors there and, and I think the biggest one is that this stadium is in a national park. Yeah. And the best thing that's happened to Patterson probably in the last 50 or 60 years is the national park service coming to town. Mm-hmm. So that area is, is definitely a lot better than some other parts of town to, for sure. But the national park service coming into that area really is what transformed it. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I think, I think anybody can give it a chance you know look if you're really concerned go to a day game on a saturday or sunday it's very safe over there certainly uh, at that time um and, and it's safe in the evenings as well but really it's it's more active as you would imagine uh, yeah. on a weekend um so what a what a nice day would it be go see the falls go catch a ball game grab a few beers you know and have a good time um you know just again uh, you know again and I, I love going to yankee games and you know i mean sometimes you know the area by yankee stadium isn't isn't the greatest and i get it there's a big difference between major league baseball and the frontier league but it's really just about if, if the question is can i give this a chance you know what i think there's a way to give it a chance and and, and bring a group of people bring some friends you know i think you, you, you're you gonna feel fine if you give it a shot and then you know take it from there you, you might end up having a great time and you know you don't want to miss out on something like that because you're also going to see a ball game in, in a very historic building. and I know there's a lot of ballpark chasers out there. I'm one of them myself, and mm. I'm hoping that you know we can appeal also to those folks who, who want to see a ball game and you know want to see national parks and can really kind of combine that both in Patterson.
0: I mean, certainly. I mean, the opportunity to just see, be able to say, you saw a ball game in a national park is not the one you really ever get. So to now have, what would it be, ninety six games, so half of that, to have that many opportunities to see a game played there, is in and of itself a fantastic opportunity and something that I think I agree with you that a lot of people that are saying that too, they're just they made up their mind beforehand and I think they really do should be open minded here. And I mean, it's something that me will have pointed out on this show numerous amounts of times is for all the people saying they have concerns, you weren't showing up to Yogi Berra either. So, you know, yeah,
2: I mean, that's, that's pretty interesting, right? Like, you know, I mean, I I loved going to Jackals games at at Yogi Berra stadium. It was certainly Mm -hmm. a great experience. Love the, just the, just the the whole in game experience. They did a great job with that, and they're going to yeah. continue to do a great job with it. You know, the sunset at Yogi Bear Stadium was almost unmatched oh, yes. in baseball. Um, you know what? Uh, you know, whatever their reasons are for leaving, you know, yeah. I think a lot of speculation was that Montclair State wasn't really caring for the ballpark, that some of the ball players really weren't weren't too keen on on the um on the playing surface. So, look, you know, it, it was a good run. If they have to move, I'm glad they're moving to Hinselth. Um, I'm glad that you know they're, that that again the the jackals family that they're giving that a chance and, and I think it's a six year uh, commitment right now so so I guess the key is to make sure you know that those first few years you kind of build that fan base and hopefully by year three you got something pretty special and they'll renew that lease uh, for much longer past uh, six years
0: definitely I mean the, the amount of money and effort and care that's been put into Hinchcliffe it certainly makes it almost a new ballpark with that kind of old history about it. And I know certainly I've been following along just seeing the updates on social media, the different pictures and whatnot of the ballpark. And it does certainly seem like uh, the renovations are going well. They seem to be on target to make it for opening day. I think the Jackals have built in a little bit of a an on-ramp for that too. I think they, they're on the road for the first series or two as well. So just in case there is a delay, they should be fine. So I'm just I'm wondering, have you got a chance to see the renovation or see how the ballpark's going
2: yeah i i definitely stop by periodically to kind of check it out and you know those crews uh, that are there they're working very diligently uh on a daily basis not on the weekends you know so you know it doesn't look like they have to go yeah. to that front but uh things are coming along rather nicely uh i believe that most likely they'll be done and probably finished by march is my guess obviously winter months we don't know what that's going to look like but i mean i think every ball club that that uh either has a new stadium built or in this case it's a rehabilitated historic stadium the, you know the smart move is to start games on the road yeah. so you give yourself a little bit of that kind of like time to just in case there are some uh, delays but um yep you know i think i think things are going to go well and i believe opening day will be just fine and you know but you know we got we have to go beyond the um the ribbon cutting the ribbon cutting means little to nothing it's it's what happens out in the aftermath and you know i think we're all going to have to try to support this thing and then i think we should
0: De- definitely and i think part of what they could play on is also part of what they had in their last one. we mentioned Yogi Berra Stadium a little bit ago and part of Yogi Berra Stadium is the museum that is attached to it and personally i don't really know the layout of the ballpark so i don't know how feasible would be or if it is included in part of the renovation plan but to have at least a section of this ballpark that's dedicated just to the history of it and being able to educate fans while they're there i think also kind of adds on and makes it just that much more important maybe not just for baseball fans and people interested in the history of baseball but just for fans of history in general where they can go and they can visit at a historic site something of value and they can learn while they're there too and I think that's another stuff that is important as well is educating the people coming to the game and making them aware of why this is significant.
2: No, you're right and 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 my understanding is there is there is a plan for interpretive space at the stadium what's what's but what's kind of interesting is that, When Hinchcliffe Stadium became part of the National Park, Mm -hmm. the National Park Service didn't want to include the stadium in the National Park, Mm -hmm. I guess because they weren't sure would they have to own it. There was a lot of moving parts there, and it was very dilapidated. Uh, But thankfully, um, Congressman Bill Pascrell, through literally an act of Congress, pretty much Mm -hmm. forced the issue, and Hinchcliffe is within the boundaries of the National Park. Uh, the national park service accepted it with the stipulation that all they all that they would be responsible for is interpreting the space which is fine and and the park service does a great job of interpreting the space the only thing is that space at the stadium it doesn't seem as though the national park service will be interpreting that space they're going to have their own interpretive space for the falls that will probably include Hensel stadium but uh, the space that's at the stadium it's uh it's rather unclear as to what the quality of it is going to be. So I guess time will tell. Um, I don't know that they're going to have artifacts or anything other than maybe kind of information, but um, but yeah, we'll see.
0: Certainly. I mean, even if it's just a little bit of a space that can give you a a general you know quick 90 second rundown which obviously does not do it justice but sure. at least something that can get you know someone interested in it, something that can pique an interest it's still yeah it's how it starts you know if you yeah especially when you consider how far it's coming i i don't need not tell you how far it's come i mean for how long have you been working on uh, trying to get this yeah. very thing realized
2: yeah, it's definitely, it's either a labor of love or a glutton for punishment. I'm not sure which, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, like there, there is a plan for that interpretive space on the first floor of this new building that they're building. So second floor is supposed to be um, a food area. Not sure if it's going to be one food vendor or if it's going to be something like a food hall or just an entertainment space where people can lease. But there's definitely a component there, you know, to kind of, you know, add something to the ballpark.
0: Yeah, it it certainly, you need to keep adding on to it, definitely, and trying to bring it on there. And I guess that brings up a question I I just kind of thought of, which is obviously you have to keep the the stadium intact to a certain degree because, you know, otherwise there's no point in just preserving it if you're just going to totally change everything. So comparatively, and we know there's been a considerable sum dumped into it, it, how do you think they're going to, or at least so far from what you've seen, how do you think they managed to capture that that same, I guess, aura or atmosphere that was present during the stadium's heyday combined with that kind of modern atmosphere? Or if you can't really say right now, how do you think it's going to be?
2: Well, I think the the interesting thing about Hinchcliffe Stadium is that it's a very um, kind of, I call it a beautiful design. It's very... Art deco quality, uh, a very, and I use this term, you know, appropriately and, and, yeah. and lovingly. That it's a very simple design. Mm-hmm. It's it's nothing. Uh, that's too like ornate or elaborate like if you think of like the exterior of Shibe Park old Shibe Park in yeah. Philadelphia that was like very ornate building but it was also a bandbox you know yeah. um so y- you're going to have those nice art deco lines within the bowl which is what they're doing uh, remember it is a historic preservation project so yeah. the 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 name of the game really is if Larry Doby were to be able to walk into Hinshelwood Stadium once it's completed yeah he should be able to recognize it, and yeah. I, I believe that if he were able to do that, he would be able to recognize it. Of course, he he might not be too keen on the uh, artificial surface, but yeah. that's what they're going with. I, I think I wish they would have done natural grass. They you know they say it's actually less expensive to do grass over the long haul, but you know I'd rather have um, something rather than nothing. So
3: yeah, yeah But
2: and- yeah, and then you have to you have, do have to combine those amenities, which would be uh, the only amenity that I could think of really would be. Um, you know that
0: that two-story building I was referring to before,
2: yeah. and there will be some more bathrooms, thankfully, because yeah. <laughs> it's not 1932 anymore. <laughs> yeah.
0: I could just imagine the lines I kept that kept that original of there. You've missed three innings before uh, before you get back to your I seat. Know. but it's, it's yeah. true.
2: Uh, especially if it's dollar beer night. Oh,
0: (laughs) especially with the way the Jackals used to draw for that. I know I went to the last one at that Yogi Bear there. I missed five innings standing in that line. Oh, I know
2: it's, in fact, I was at that game as well because I wanted to be at the last game and kind of bookend them. And also because I I did really enjoy going to, to to Yogi Bear stadium. And, but also now the connect point to, you know, to Hinchliffe at that time. And I, 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 I had, I too had an inkling that it was going to happen. And, yeah, and, you know, here we are.
0: Yeah, it seemed like that secret was one of, if not the worst guarded one, because I, I believe it was uh, one of the jackal people that when I was texting with, I was like, yeah, that's what I'm hearing and whatnot. And I I didn't have the heart to tell him. Yeah, I found that out. You made the announcement at about 730 in the morning. I found that out at 11 o'clock in the morning the same day. <laughs> I didn't have the heart to tell that. And the only reason it was took to 11 was because I was at work. I didn't check my phone for a couple hours.
2: Oh my god, that's so funny.
0: Yeah, I had someone tell me that at like nine twenty. <laughs> They're like, yeah, they,
2: said, they mean, signed the paperwork I mean, I mean, yesterday. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. You know, yeah. like really, like. And then you think about like uh, you know it's not like a situation like yeah. with the Oakland A's. Are they going to move to Las Vegas or yeah. what's going on with Tampa and the Montreal situation or or even like taking cues from another sport when yeah. uh, the Baltimore Colts just completely left oh, town yeah. in the Mayflower and uh, and and then went out you know yeah. and moved on to Indianapolis yeah, so, right in the middle of the night. You know, um, yeah, and like I so it's like like for it to be like such a really guarded thing. Yeah. You know, it's it's a little silly, you know, but yeah. um, at the same time, once they made the announcement, I kind of got the sense that that might have been a possibility that Hinchcliffe could be um, a strong possibility. And you know, I, I had sources too yeah. in different areas kind of clue me in, and like I've, I've kept it a secret, of course, yeah. but I at the same time, it's it, it's it was exciting, and I think there's a lot of uncertainty as to I think the the length of the lease. Will it be just one season as a Let's try it out. Is it going to be like, you know, how the Islanders split the season between, um, oh, you know, Nassau Coliseum and yeah. Brooklyn? Were they going to do that with Sussex? You know, um, mm. so you know, they had they had a lot of different ideas. Some some thought it'll be only twelve games. Some thought it was going to be one season, yeah. but it's now going to be six. So I think uh, six is good. I think that's a nice. You know, it, it's a nice length to, to really kind of build something special.
0: Yeah, no, six is definitely that good number. It gives you that sense of, okay, they're permanent here. You can really start to put down roots. And after six seasons, you have a good idea whether or not this is going to work or not, you know? Like, yeah. It, it gives you enough time there. And that's something that's very important. And certainly the Frontier League has backed that up. And now they kind of boast a very impressive roster of stadiums between, uh, the one over in Evansville and, and now here. And you look across the board, they have some very interesting designs too. Especially when you look in the Frontier League's Eastern Division, you have just in the tri-state alone. Two or three really vastly different ballparks between the layout of Hinchcliffe, which I know a lot of people uh, certainly are curious to see how that's going to wind up working out. And and then you go and you conversely look at a stadium like uh, the Boulders have, where you have these two very, very short porches and then just a deep center field. And then just the right. whole layout of it, it really does make the whole... Kind of stadium lineup, very diverse, and gives you that much different, uh, I guess, experience for those in the tri-state area. They're looking for baseball.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and I think that's where you know, you know, when you talk about minor league baseball, and, it, and it, you know, the Frontier League is very, you know, strong. You know, uh, I guess MLB partner league yeah. uh, organization that, you know, but yet yeah, at the same time, I think there's also like really some some good opportunities to kind of introduce fans to different ballparks so for example you know hopefully um you know obviously with with the situation with sussex and and the jackals yeah. same ownership so you know they could probably come up with like a road trip on a bus where hey you get the tour of the national park and you go to the ball game and they drive Fans back to to Skylands, you know. Yeah. Same with uh, the Rockland, uh, I guess the New York Boulders now.
0: Yep, I make that, the same mistake every time.
2: Yeah, I know. I'm just so used to calling them Rockland. Yep. In fact, I saw I saw their first game ever, which oh, was yeah. in Newark.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, that brief period where Newark was a Can-Am League team. That's I remember right. that. Yeah. So I remember
2: that they. Uh, so I went to their first game down yeah. there as a franchise, but yeah. um, but yeah, I mean, I think you know, there's an opportunity to to kind of. You know, showcase like, hey, go to a national park, go to a ball game and, and you bust people in. And, you know, so what if you have fans from the other ball club? It, that makes it kind of fun. You know, it's not it's not that serious at this level. It's not going to be like Red Sox Yankees where you might have a fight. It's it's, it's fun loving yeah. baseball and it's good quality ball, too
0: exactly that that's the thing that a lot of people don't understand is how good the players are on this level that they're just not you know beer leaguers that get paid occasionally these are legitimate ball players guys that have maybe not the best shot, but a decent enough shot at going on to play affiliated ball. And in some cases get to the uh, the major leagues. I mean, Justin Topa is a great example of that. Yep. Seeing that we were, were talking about the boulders a bit. He's the guy that's pitched how many innings now for the Brewers? How many seasons with the Brewers? Because if I'm not mistaken, he's got his one or two seasons there. And that's just one, I guess he'd be Can-Am league at, still at that point. So you have a player like that there. Uh, but, yeah, I, to go back just to the, the playing surface there, cause I know you mentioned you want natural grass, and obviously natural grass would be ideal, but, uh, with the school board or board of ed, rather, owning the, the ballpark, I understand why you're going with a synthetic surface. Just, I mean, you get more, more flexibility with it. The field can take more of a beating with it. So I guess to that kind of extent here, what's that kind of relationship kind of existing? I'm not really sure how much you can comment on it, but it's, I do wonder if the Board of Ed having now a professional team in there as well, if that's going to be any sort of issue in their mind.
2: Well, that's interesting you say that because I think NorthJersey.com just put out an article uh, talking about that, which, you know, it's it's rather strange to me only because... Um, the Patterson Public Schools, uh, they've owned Hinchcliffe Stadium from 1963 to the present day.
3: Yeah.
2: And, you know, when you look at its demise, uh, remember it closed in 1997, yep. and it'll reopen next year. So, so you know, all, all those kids did not get the chance to experience Hinchcliffe Stadium, yet it's, it's because of their negligence and then not upkeeping their own building. You know, when you look at any historic property or any property for that matter, if it's dilapidated, the number one question you ask is who owns this place? And it was the Patterson public schools. It continues to be, I think it should be owned by the city because the city um, is responsible for a number of things, right? The school district is responsible for one thing, educating students, Um, a a city, a municipality. They're responsible for historic preservation, uh, economic development, community development, all of which touches Hinchelope state. And that's why that makes more of a better sense. But, Uh, why the city did not uh, do that Uh, there's an abandoned properties ordinance but they didn't do that and yeah there is now this kind of feeling that on the school's level that that maybe that they weren't put in the loop that the jackals were going to be coming in but at the same time the developer has a right to 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 benefit financially from the stadium because at the end of the day you're gonna need revenue generating events for for yearly preventative maintenance so yeah. um, there and there really shouldn't be a problem I actually um, just uh, just like a day or two ago I had done um, you know the math on it and yeah. and I gotta say it's it, it's it's not that many dates that that really like let's say for instance you know, there's kind of two main high schools in town there's other smaller schools but they would play for these two teams yeah. East Side and Kennedy yeah. so if you look at it Let's say two baseball teams, two football teams, two soccer teams play at, at Hinchliffe Stadium yeah. at the high school level. Judging by all the home games, just taking their schedule recently to kind of use that as a barometer, yeah. um, it would be only forty-two dates.
0: Yeah, that's nothing.
2: Because baseball might be like a ten-game for so that's twenty dates for baseball for two teams. <laughs> Ten dates for football. Fourteen for soccer. Yeah, and, uh, and 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 they 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 have a right to 180 dates at the stadium. Well that that gives them 138 more days to play with which you know I'm not certain what they would be doing with those days. Like if it's something during the day it's not going to affect anything at night. Exactly. Like a field day. You know so it, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out but really you know definitely at at the kind of most maybe 50 dates, you know, even if it was 65 days that that leaves 300 to to kind of play around with um for revenue generating events which will be needed again for yearly preventative maintenance which again the school district just didn't do and that's why we're in the position we're in where it it kind of languished for so many years
0: certainly i mean if you want to toss on additional sports to that i mean i'm not sure if they have lacrosse or to what extent they would get that or if hinchfield could be set up to it i imagine if it could be set up for soccer and football lacrosse could work there too even you want to toss on like Let's say 20 games for that, so 40 in total there. I mean, that's still nothing. And realistically, how much of the school schedule or school year overlaps with what would be the Frontier League season? You still have essentially July, August, where the bulk of your games are being played. Where the school's just not in session. So I don't really know what they expect to uh to be done in those months. Like what are they planning there? Even if you want to chalk up a day to graduations or whatever to have there or other events. I mean, just throwing everything else out, it does nobody any good to have a stadium sit empty for, you know, sixty days, ninety days in a row. It it makes no yeah, exactly. sense.
2: And, and it's not really that difficult to to kind of work a schedule. I mean, if they're able to do it at other venues around the country, they should be able to do it at hinchliffe oh, But certainly. I think Patterson just has this history of kind of being a, a town that likes to bicker with one another. And hmm. there's always like, you know, uh, city government versus schools government. And, and yet a lot of those folks want to transition. Those elected officials want to become, you know, I guess on the city council or eventually mayor. So it becomes, it's kind of funny, like, they kind of fight each other, but then they go on the other side, <laughs> and right. it's like, well, gee, if you'd have done something before, then you know maybe you'd have the stadium as a city's uh, component. So, yeah, well, it, it's look at the end of the day. Look, at least it's getting rehabilitated. Um, It's taken a long time, but you know it's not going to be difficult for them to to figure this out. They just have to look at a calendar and and plot and plan. And and you know again, let's let's support the Jackals. You know, there, there's a great opportunity to to get kids to go to the games and experience these things as as you know maybe a baseball team or as a community group or whatever you know i think that's another thing that the jackals will be bringing to the table like this opportunity for kids to maybe go to games that either are discounted or even for free so um, there's a value there that I think they're not being they're not looking at as well.
0: Oh, well, certainly. I mean, like this is a, a prime opportunity where if you show a student ID or something like that, you get that discounted rate or something to that extent. Or even for the little bit of May and June, and even I guess to a certain degree if there's postseason baseball, which hopefully there will be there in September. You know, a school day game or something like that. You could definitely make that work there, or even summer camps ran by uh, by the Patterson schools, because I'm sure there's, there must be some there, if not the recreation department more than likely will do something with that. You could definitely work something there where you have, you know, these giant outing days, these afternoon, late morning sure. type games. I mean, that's, that's the bulk of how you grow your fan base is you get the kids in and they love it. And then the yeah. families go, I mean, that's, that's how you grow uh, from the roots up there really. So- exactly.
2: And I think that, I think that's where the Jackals will come into play to, to really kind of you know usher that in you know like you know doing those occasional 11 a.m games where like the, the camps can go you know directly there and and be able to kind of bus in and bus out and have a great day and mm. just kind of in, in, enjoy a day at the ballpark and a day at the falls and i think really again combining a falls trip uh because it's literally right there yeah right uh, across the to, street. with a baseball game i mean i think there's a lot of great opportunity there you mm. know um just to, to kind of like really kind of enhance that 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 uh, game day experience. Yep,
0: certainly there. And one thing I would love to see from the Frontier League too, because obviously they had a presence at that announcement uh, last month. And one thing that would be great to see from them would be to see them put the All Star Game. At Hinchcliffe, I think that would be a really good marquee moment. I know last season they had all the players wear Negro League uniforms from you know whatever team be from near the respective location. I know the I believe at least the Boulders Miners and uh, Jackals all either went Nork Eagles, uh, Black Yankees, or Cubans. If I'm not mistaken, there I don't know the exact breakdown on it, but sure. but those. That could definitely be something, if they wanted to revive that again, that could definitely be a play to go there, or at the very least, to just be able to have that kind of an all-star game, that kind of event, that that kind of giant celebration at a ballpark like this. I think it would just be the most ideal outcome, if not this year, because obviously there's a lot of things that need to get settled in, I guess, the first year in a, in a new stadium you want, just to kind of be a little bit easier, get everything good. get Acclimated, sure. Exactly, get settled in. But year two or year three, I think certainly could be a uh, a possibility, I think. It, it makes a lot of sense to me to do that.
2: No, definitely. and I, I think I, I can almost uh, envision an all-star game, you know, again, like all-stars at a national park. You know, really okay. kind of beating that drum and saying, yeah. hey, you know, this is kind of a pretty unique thing, you know. Uh, I can imagine, like, you know, the, the team picture would be like with the Falls as a backdrop. A little yeah. something a little different than been kind of doing it like at the ballpark, so you know, I mean, you know, I think I think there's so many different things that you can possibly do um, to, to really kind of, you know, really draw some interest, and, and the fact that it's also an MLB partner league, you know, maybe there's some opportunities, you know, with with baseball through through some of their um, connect points like MLB.com and things of that nature, so um it'll be interesting to see how it plays out you know
0: yep, definitely and i mean major league baseball has thrown about the idea of having a one-off game at hinchcliffe too to replace the field of dreams game if i'm not mistaken so maybe that could be another thing that's a bit easier to happen now with the partnership too
2: yeah so i i think i think with with that type of neutral site game and and i'll i'll, I'll say i was actually at the field of dreams game so
0: oh very cool
2: I I loved being there. Uh, Definitely probably the best game I've ever attended uh, based on the atmosphere. Even though the Yankees lost, I think the right team won just because of, you know, the the movie and how it all played out. And Uh, the ending, certainly. You know, I've I've, I've actually worked in sports and entertainment over the years. And, you know, I got to see like the behind the scenes. There's a lot of moving parts to having a neutral site game that major league baseball just does a fantastic job with. Mm. Can they do that at Hinchelope stadium? I I think they can, uh, cause they'll figure it out. But, but what the Jackals being there does, Mm. it puts Hinchliff stadium at a closer point to being what they call baseball ready. Mm. Cause now you'll have a professional team there. It'll show major league baseball. Okay. This can be done. Uh, I think, I think baseball would probably want to have natural grass. So they'll, just have to like put placards there, you know, like they would yeah. do for 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 soccer at stadiums that have artificial surface. So you you would do that and yeah. let them do their thing, you know. Um, You know, I think prior to the Jackals being here, I think really Rickwood Field would have been the first choice, just because yeah. of their baseball ready, you know. So with Hinchcliffe being baseball ready, I mean, look, still Rickwood is the holy grail of Negro League ballparks. Yeah. You know, we look up to them as the way I see it, and yeah. really we should be following the Rickwood Field model. I don't know if we really will be. That was supposed to be the plan, but. You know, hey, again, uh, we are where we are, and it's it's really kind of not such a bad place.
0: Certainly there. And so I guess part of what I want to just kind of, as we start to wrap this up, part of what I want to touch on is you you did co-found uh, the Friends of Hinchcliffe Stadium. And I I think I could safely say that this was – towards the top of your list of what you were trying to accomplish with that to get the ballpark restored and that's certainly there now so I, I guess I'm wondering where where it goes from here you know maybe go into a little bit of detail about the organization itself and then what's the future plan here because now we there's a team back there the stadium's restored and the future looks about as bright as it has been for several decades
2: yeah I think I think that's where it becomes a situation where the advocacy will never end right because yeah. You need to make sure that the right things are being done, mm. such as yearly preventative maintenance. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it kind of transitions from being advocate to being, you know, I don't want to say a watchdog, but really someone who who, who really will be kind of watching what's going on, you know, yeah. making sure that things are, are are going correctly, and 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 raising a voice if need be. So, um, I I don't think, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful that you know the right things will be done. I mean the best thing for this place to be is a revenue generating machine so that that revenue goes back into yearly preventative maintenance and upkeep and upgrades if need be, you know, yep. um, as, as time goes by with different venue uh, maintenance and what have you. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, again, it's, it's, it's never going to really go away. Uh, I, I, certainly will not go away. So, yep. uh, but I'm also going to put my money where my mouth is, which I hope other people will do that, especially the elected officials, that they, you know, buy season ticket hold, season tickets for the Jackals. And they, yeah. if there's a soccer team, you do the same with them and concerts, you know. Um, yeah, I'm definitely going to be, you know, you know, that's, that was yeah. the goal really. Yeah. To, to kind of go there, go to the window, buy a ticket, go and enjoy an event. And that's what it's all about.
0: Yeah. And that was just about being a good steward to the place to, Exactly, it, it, it cannot fine.
2: fall back into the same disrepair. And with the Patterson Public Schools owning it, that's my biggest concern because, mm. you know, I know the developer has charge of the stadium. I think for the first ten years, I mean, there's a mm. lot of different numbers at, at minimum ten years. It could be yeah. as as much as seventy five from what I've <laughs> seen, but I don't know that that's realistic. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, it's it's day by day, year by year, and I think I think this stadium has. A lot of great potential. you know. especially, you know, believe it or not, the winter months, too. You can put a temporary ice skating rink there uh, where kids can learn how to ice skate. And you have maybe some adult beverages that it becomes like a winter wonderland. You I mean, know, something like that might be possible that I think would be cool to bring to the falls and at the stadium. So,
0: Oh, it certainly could be. I mean, you could even have some sort of a high school version of a winter classic out there, too. Where Absolutely. You have, where you have them Why play not? that. Yeah, like some sort of maybe a mini single day tournament of, I don't know, you take Uh, you could just take four of the local schools or I don't know something along those lines you can make that work certainly too and I mean the location of the stadium too being in the National Park but also mainly being in northern New Jersey presents such a great opportunity too where you have such a large population base and so many different resources available to you where if you have competent hands on the wheel there's no reason why it shouldn't really succeed.
2: Sure I agree I mean, you really just have to like put forth the effort Um there should be, you should leave no stone unturned and, and just give it a shot. You know, and again, there, there are definitely different ways about going, going about doing something like this. So even getting like uh, a bank to sponsor that outdoor ice skating rink, you know, so, yeah. but uh, when, you know, again, these are kind of things you've seen over time at other minor league ballparks. I think those are good kind of business models to kind of keep an eye on and, and see what one can do again. You also are within the national park. There's something very different about that. Mm. I think that people are still not fully realizing, and I think that could be uh, certainly a uh, help to leverage things.
0: Definitely there, and so I guess I've, I've kind of ran out of the questions and everything I had prepared and whatnot. So, uh, as is tradition around here, we like to give like five minutes or so at the at the end of all of these for any sort of. Promotion that you have, or anything you want to say that maybe we didn't get to, or something that we covered briefly but moved on a little too quick. If there's anything like that, now is certainly the the time to uh, to go and address that. So the floor is all yours.
2: Oh, well, that's nice of you. Um, you know, I I I guess the the real thing I want to go back to is, you know, let's give this thing a shot. You know, I think there's a lot of great baseball people out there. In our region, uh, that, that really love the game and enjoy going to, to ballparks such as Hinchliffe Stadium and, and, and watching minor league ball. So, you know, if you are a supporter of the Jackals, continue to support them. If, if this is now going to be something new to you because maybe you haven't gone to Jackals games and you live now closer to the Jackals home games, uh, in different parts of New Jersey, come on out. Give it a shot. You really are going to be pleasantly surprised as, as to what you're going to see, uh, because I, I have a tremendous amount of faith in, in the Jackals organization for what they bring to the table uh, from, from from quality, affordable family entertainment and really embracing our national pastime and it's within the boundaries of a national park. So you have another destination. That's that's what Newark didn't have. Yep. It didn't have an additional destination. You have the falls that serves as, as one destination. Hinchliff has a separate one. But combined together, they're really going to kind of like, you know, really, I think, help bring people to, to see, oh, wow, I know no, there was a falls here. I'm only here to see a baseball game. Or vice versa. Hey, let's Hey, family, let's go see a ball game. We're already here. So... I think I think one would feed the other, and I think it would be um, really a great experience uh, to kind of have this unique op- opportunity to to see a ball game or, you know, again, other events uh, within a national park. It
0: definitely is. And I know the vast majority of this listener base is New York, New Jersey. I know even more so that it is northern New Jersey. I see the amount on the numbers of people in the greater Newark area, greater Patterson area. That's that's the bread and butter of the listener base of this show. So a lot of you guys, you're, you have a great opportunity here. A ballpark that's not that far for you. It's It can make a very good day trip to just go see the fall, see a game, as, uh, as we've said on this show. So by all means, go check it out. Uh, if you if you have any interest in baseball, which if you don't, and I don't quite know why you're listening to the show, but <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you're more than welcome to keep listening. I'm not going to stop you. Uh, not that I could, but yay. So definitely check out Hinchcliffe. Definitely check out the Jackals and see what comes. And I'm sure they'll have a lot of great uh, different promotions and different events there to check out and to ma- really make that experience that much more special. So, Ryan, thank you for coming on the show. I really do appreciate you coming on here. And- and hopefully, when we have some sort of major announcement at this uh, at this stadium again, we can have you on, or at the very least, to recap what that first game back at Hinchcliffe is like. I'd love to have you back on to, to walk us through that, even though I'm fairly confident yeah, that, I'll be there that myself. Be great.
2: Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah, maybe you will be there. If you're there, then you know we'll grab a beer together. But uh, one last thing, if anybody wants to learn a little more about Hinchcliffe Stadium's history, uh, they can uh, go to HinchcliffeStadium.com, which is our website. Uh, or they can follow us on Facebook, uh, Friends of Finchville Stadium. You can look that up, and uh, yeah, let's. I hope to see you all at the ballpark. If uh, you end up deciding to go to a game, uh, look me up, and uh, maybe we can meet up and, and chat baseball.
0: Hopefully, there. I'm definitely definitely check out this stadium and definitely get to the ballpark. Once again, we'd just like to thank Brian for coming on the show. Thought he made some uh, very interesting points, especially with the ballpark being in a national park, the only one like that. And that's certainly something interesting. And uh, hopefully uh, we'll get to see many, many years of Jackal baseball in Patterson. And uh, certainly uh, made me think that Hinchcliffe is much more than just a ballpark. It is uh, a landmark.
1: Yeah, I think, I think Hinchcliffe, in order to make it successful, it's got to be that. Uh, it's got to be more than just an independent league ballpark. It has to be that landmark with so much history. So uh, it's good to see that everyone involved kind of understands that. I, I can't wait to see it, I guess. Well, I guess, I guess it's not finished yet. But yeah. uh, when it does get finished, it's going to be great to see finally some baseball in there.
0: Absolutely. So going to the only real piece of news that we have for you this week, which is... Uh, a bit of a coaching carousel around independent league baseball. As most of you know, we recorded the show you heard last week, 187, on Thursday night. Naturally, of course, there was news the following day on Friday, and that news was that the Florence Yalls had named Chad Rose the manager for 2023. He will replace Brian White, who held the job for uh the past three years. who took over from Dennis Pelfrey, who wound up leaving to coach in the Giants organization as a uh, manager over there uh, I believe he started in uh, in low a or high a and then wound up working his way up to double a now in the case of Pelfrey uh, but Chad Rhodes will be the manager for the Florence Yells in 2023 um, likewise we had other news Brooks Carey also uh, resigned his position as manager of the Jackals, I certainly have some thoughts on that one. They're still looking for their new manager. Uh, those both happened on uh, Friday last week. Meanwhile, uh, or during this week on Tuesday, it was the Titans uh, announced multi-year extensions, as they put. It. They didn't give it a specific length for how long uh, these extensions would be to their manager Bobby Brown and their coach uh, Tom. Carconi, so uh, it does seem like we're in the middle of that kind of coaching carousel season. Uh, I don't think the Titans news is particularly surprising. Had a very strong first season, so that kind of keeps in line with keeping the guys you know, keeping guys that did a good job. In the case of Florence, we know that uh, Brian had a little bit of an issue, was suspended at at one point this season. So I wonder if that played into it at all, or just a a decision to go in a different direction now for Florence there. Chad Rose, the guy they are also familiar with. He was their pitching coach for a couple of years. He kind of took last year off from coaching as a whole. Um, uh, and now obviously he's back. And in the case of Brooks, uh, a guy that is important to note, they were phrased as tendering his resignation as opposed to retiring from. So that kind of tells me he's still active. He's still looking for uh, another position there. Likewise, um, I do wonder if that was mutual or if it was more or less one-sided. I know I've heard a lot of rumors around the Jackals, so it would be an interesting uh, thing to see.
1: Yeah. Uh, so I think, first of all, for Bobby Brown uh, with Ottawa, um, it's not surprising at all. He has done an unbelievable job, his whole staff, really, in that first year uh, with the Ottawa Titans and kind of built in, I mean, Not kind of totally building a team, uh, from scratch, uh, is what they did. So, and they were able, you know, to make the postseason, uh, give Quebec, I mean, take what, take Quebec all the way down, like to, I mean, give them all they could handle in that series. So, uh, in that playoff series. So, I mean, Bobby Brown coming back to Ottawa makes all the sense in the world. Uh, he's done a really an excellent job. Uh, I think on the Florence, you know Chad Rhodes uh as well um i think the hire of him isn't that surprising just because it seems like he's very familiar uh with that organization you know he's he's been a pitching coach twice uh as well in two separate stints uh so it sounds like he kind of understands the operation there seems like a solid hire i think you mentioned the 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 Brian White and the uh the suspension thing Nick i think i I don't know if that was totally the the reason, but at the end of the day, I can't really help you, especially when you know the team the team struggled this year. Yeah. Uh, and so, if there's going to be some things like that, your team better be good. Um, and and they were good in 2021. They were they were a great team uh, in that in that crazy West Division race. Yeah.
3: Um,
1: in that crazy West Division race with Evansville, so. I'm sure there was some stuff that that played into that. And of course, you don't know all the details, but I guess it, it's not too surprising. And the fact that Chad Rhodes, uh, a guy who's so familiar with the Frontier League and with uh, with Florence, anyway, I think it makes sense. And the the Brooks Carry thing is, uh, I it's really interesting. And I think the wording of it was fascinating, Nick. I think he hit the nail right in the head mm-hmm. that it wasn't him retiring; it was. Uh, you know tendering his resignation now whether that could be the jackals saying hey we're looking for a total like uh, new regime and all that uh as the team moves into hinge or if that's brooks carry saying hey i want to do something else i don't know like if he wants to manage another indie ball team per se or if brooks carry just said i i think i need to move on from the jackals intended uh, his uh, resignation so I think there's a lot of questions that aren't necessarily a lot of answers to now uh, but I will say uh, it, it, it's it's pretty interesting and I think we've seen I mean the Jackals I think in general that there's no no secret that their their stint in the Frontier League so far has been disappointing does that maybe play into it Possibly, but Brooks Carey has also had a great run of success at the Can-Am League as well. So, is this the team looking for a fresh start as they head into Hingecliffe? Is this Brooks Carey saying that he wants a fresh start somewhere else? I'm not sure, but uh, it's got to it's got to be one of the two. And um, I mean, I mean, nonetheless, the Jackals are going to be looking for a new manager, and it's a big hire for them.
0: Yeah, for me, it kind of what Brooks Carey' situation does. It kind of gives a lot more credence. That kind of does. It does give a lot more credence to what I've been hearing around from different people, which was that Bobby Jones would kind of swing down and take over responsibility for the Jackals as a manager and then also in some sort of a GM capacity or possibly in an ownership capacity, something like that. And It gives a lot more credence to that kind of a rumor that I've been hearing around a little bit especially about a month or so ago right when he was there in the red blazer for the whole opening of Hinchcliffe which seemed to be you know kind of like okay why is why is Bobby here and it just seems to make a lot more sense now where if Brooks is gone the manager position's open you could easily just slide Bobby in I think it would work well obviously there He's already a manager for the other team that Dorso owns, so just kind of moving him on over doesn't seem to be too hard of a feat. you just got to find a different manager for the minors, which, I mean, I don't think will be all too difficult. So, you know, I think it could very well be something that we watch and something that if it were to happen, I don't think would be terribly surprising. Now, when and if, I don't know, but... It just seems like that has a lot more credence now. Obviously, you know, on the other two hires, I mean, they're interesting too. Don't, don't get me wrong. Chad Rhodes is the guy that knows what he's doing. He's a very good pitching coach. He started with Florence signing or getting picked up by, however you really want to phrase, joining the Marlins organization to work as a coach with uh, guys rehabbing from Tommy John injury and then wound up going back to Florence and then took the year off now he's back in Florence the guy kind of bounces around a little bit but he knows what he's doing he's a competent coach and he's a good guy so I mean all all make sense on that front and then obviously the Ottawa guys are going to get taken care of because like we both said they overachieved this season so you're going to bring those guys back the Brooks carry situation is really the most fascinating to me because you cannot find anyone anyone involved in the Jackal organization, anyone around Independent League Ball, that really has a bad word to say about Brooks Carey. So, it just seems like a very interesting decision that unless this was either Mutual or Brooks' decision initiating it, that uh, you would go and move on from Brooks Carey. It just doesn't make much sense to me unless you already have that replacement lined up. And what better place to have it lined up from the other guy you have managing your team that there's been rumors flying around about and if you go ahead you just move him over like I've been saying it uh, all of a sudden all the pieces start to line up there so it definitely could be something I I think before I had a, a couple of questions about but now do seem very legitimate from you know multiple angles
1: yeah, that would be that would be fascinating. I think that um, <clears throat> if Bobby Jones were to make the the trek to uh, were, were to make the trek east to uh, east to Patterson and manage the Jackals, I mean, the, the evidence to at least raise some suspicions uh, at the very least are there. Mm-hmm. Um, just how much you know he, he's been around, like around the cameras in this uh, in this type of uh, in this type of move to Hinchcliffe. It's very interesting and, uh, and you make a good point. I mean, that, uh, that you, you literally can't find anybody who has a bad word to say, uh, about Brooks Carey. So, I mean, could this be, uh, Brooks Carey's decision and, um, that he just wanted to, he wanted to go somewhere else? Yeah, it, that's a possibility. Uh but the the Bobby Jones stuff is really interesting. It's really interesting to think about. Uh and I wonder if there's going to be clarity on that uh, sooner rather than later, just because if you're gonna have a team that one if you're going to leave the Sussex County Miners and go to the Jackals, uh that would you would think that would probably need to happen pretty quickly. So I think if that's going to happen, there there could definitely be some uh fast movement on that and it's going to it's going to be one i think one of the most fascinating stories of the offseason uh to watch not of course one just who manages the jackals period but two what kind of uh would bobby jones uh make um uh, make the trip to the jackals to manage and what kind of ripple effect could that have on the rest of that division on the rest of the frontier league it's a, it's a it's a really fascinating question
0: It certainly is. I mean, at this point, I'm starting, I believe it to be more true than untrue, just because I know he's been involved a lot in the Hinchcliffe, uh, I guess restoration in a sense, but really just kind of involved and wanting to be, you know, active, uh, in that whole process. So it just like, it makes a lot of sense here and, it, I, I don't know why I, I really believe this one. I just, obviously, you can't prove anything, and I only heard it from a handful of people, but it was a handful of people that kind of ran the spectrum on it, and now the each move just seems to confirm that more and more. So I really wouldn't be all too surprised, although I do think it would be kind of funny that if Bobby Jones does go on to another team, it's still a team that plays Tri City like half a dozen times a year, so we still are. We're not robbed of that,
1: right? We're we're not robbed of that. But does he bring some of his players over?
0: Well, I think I it does. yes to.
1: you would have to think so. Yeah. So I mean, this is it, this is really could have a ripple effect across this division. That's that's fascinating as well as. Uh, as well as you're going to have to see what will happen with, uh, with who Sussex County would hire. But, I don't know, it would just be very nice to have some clarity on the situation sooner rather than later to end all this speculation, but uh, it's, a, it's really, really interesting to think about.
0: It certainly is, and so I guess over time we'll get the, we'll get the full picture of it and, and all that comes with it. But uh, with that said, we don't have any other real news to talk about this week. Uh, the only thing we do have is one announcement, which is we have another interview for next week. Uh, like I said, we're gonna try and get one every week in the off season, unless we're doing something like the Q and A or a review of end of season. And that is the Missoula Paddleheads manager Michael Schlack is going to be joining us next week. So if you have any questions for him, be sure to let us know so we could ask him. Uh, but very interested in this interview. One of the guys that's Really just been a very fantastic manager in the pioneer league since really getting there, wins a championship year one, goes back to a championship game in year two. You know, he got the big, I think it was a six year extension after year one too. So he's going to be in, Ma- in Montana. <clears throat> he's going to be in Montana for quite some time. And, uh, yeah, really looking forward to talking with him.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's going to be an extremely fun interview. Uh, Just how, especially like the transition between uh, how he's seen the Pioneer League transfer from affiliated ball to to indie ball, as well as, uh, I mean, how to build a team that, even though the the disappointing finish to the year that was so dominant, uh, it should be a really interesting interview.
0: Absolutely. And definitely looking forward uh, to what that interview will bring. So be sure to get your questions in by Monday night for that one, I understand. It's going to be a little bit of short notice, a quick turnaround, but uh, yeah, get your questions in for it and we'll be sure to uh, get around to asking them as anyone who wanted a question as to Brian this past week. So we try to work those questions in or at the very least get the spirit of the question in if at all possible. So uh, that said... Uh, we will go to the plugs, and then we will get out of here. Uh, if you want to follow the show, you can do so on Twitter at IndieBallPod. You can do so on Instagram at ALPB underscore news and at IndieBallReport. Uh, if you would like to find all the episodes and all the show notes and all that comes along with that, be sure to head up the website, IndieBallReport.com. Uh, that's the best place to find it. If you want to just subscribe to the show on your favorite uh, Podcast platform. There is on pretty much all of them. The whole transition went well, so I'm pretty sure we're back up on every platform we've previously been on. But iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, Google Podcast, uh, Podbean—you know, all of those ones, your typical ones—we're we on there. So be sure to check that out uh, there. So with that said, do we have anything else left to add?
1: Only thing I else, only other thing I have to add is. The Boston Celtics play basketball this week. Well, meaningful basketball this week, and that's very exciting to me. That's all I have to add.
0: Oh, is that so? Is that so? They play meaningful basketball. So the NBA season's underway.
1: That is true. Tuesday. Tuesday night is the opener.
0: I'm going to assume that the reason you're mentioning the NBA and over the uh, New Jersey Devils is given their results you know, against the Flyers. You
1: know, I, I thought about that, making that my thing to add, but. I wouldn't have anything but to say, so
0: we'll leave it at that. Losing five-tier to the Flyers is not a positive?
1: It was it was a rough night, and it was anything that could have gone wrong. You know what? Maybe, maybe I'll, at some point, I will, I will do, after, if the season, you know, so, um, once the season continues to go, and if a certain goaltender continues to be bad, I might do my Mackenzie Blackwood is running out of time rant, but I don't think we're there yet. I don't want to do that after one game.
0: Hey, I thought you guys had VTech Vanacek, the savior.
1: No, V vtech will be the, the starting goalie. You, should, you would think that, oh, we could start Blackwood against the Flyers. It should be fine. It wasn't
3: fine. So, oh,
0: that reminds me of something. I just remember that? last week when we had our thing to add, someone mentioned a particular college playing a different particular college in a game of football. And I had said, if said particular college loses to the other one, what are you going to be feeling when I ask you about it next week? So now I have to ask you, what do you feel about Rutgers losing to Nebraska? Best. Ah, very good. So at the very end there, when uh, Rutgers threw it away, and then Nebraska nearly messed up taking a knee, which I don't quite understand how they managed to fumble the snap when you're just handing it to your quarterback so he can kneel the clock out. Uh When that happened, what was the emotion going through your mind? Pissed. Care to elaborate any further? No. Okay. Would you say this season is still salvageable? Yes. Okay. What would be the definition of salvageable? Um. What would that look like?
1: maybe win five games. I guess.
0: yeah. So then I have to ask the two follow-ups to that one, do you believe that the uh, Duke Blue Devil football program is better at the moment than the uh, Rutgers football program? No, I don't. really that's an interesting concept there seeing as the uh, the Duke football program currently has a better record.
1: Well, you could also look at who Duke, who Duke has played. They've
0: also they've played a Big Ten school and they've played a decent okay. ACC slate. The,
1: why don't you elaborate on which Big Ten school they played, Nick?
0: Are we going to disrespect have- Northwestern?
1: Yes, I most certainly am.
0: They're better than Nebraska. Are they? I would say they certainly are.
1: Northwestern <laughs> Nebraska. Did beat Nebraska, but in no- in Ireland and. uh I, I, I think if they played again, that would be different. But uh, I think I think Rutgers would beat Northwestern if they played, but you know they don't play, so
0: uh, we'll see. Once Duke winds up beating UNC tonight, and they go on to beat Pitt, and I don't think they're going to wind up beating Wake, and but if they do beat Wake or NC State on top of beating UNC tonight, then hey, I don't think there's even a question anymore. Plus. We're like one, two games away from being bowl eligible. I'm just excited. I mean,
1: should be excited. I, I think they're they're on they're on the right track.
0: I think we can go to a bowl game and win a national title in, in the same year, two different sports, but the same year.
1: Yeah, I <laughs> mean, uh, yeah, yeah. We'll see about that.
0: <laughs> we'll see about that. All right, final follow up question about Rutgers before I let this die. I was told that Greg Schiano was the savior of the Rucker football program what kind of savior mm-hmm. loses to Nebraska
1: um a savior that is that is forced to play his third string quarterback for the entire season so far right. that's
0: what well you'd think he would recruit better for four
1: million a yeah. year that's a legitimate criticism it is um, I mean the defense is, I mean the Rutgers defense has been incredible this season I mean he's they, he's done a great job building up that side of the ball. Uh, and I mean, they have quite they have a few NFL players on that, on that defense. Unfortunately, he deserves criticism for how he's recruited with the offense. And that can't be denied. I mean, they did fire their offensive coordinator this week. So,
0: well, uh, you knew after they lost to Nebraska, someone was going to have to die for that one. That was that is true. Tour. You can't lose to Nebraska and not fire anybody. Someone had to go. That is true. So, uh, I'm just saying, like, <sighs> For for a university that's having financial issues due to athletics on that side, four million to Greg Shianna to lose to Nebraska is not a great deal there. Now, as I said after that happened, the man should be wanted for grand larceny for stealing four million dollars from the state of New Jersey. Four million.
1: We'll agree to to disagree on that
0: one. Four million to lose to Nebraska. And only make a bowl game because of COVID. Disgraceful. But. Anywho, I suppose at least the money going to Rutgers basketball is worth it. It's
1: always worth it for that.
0: It's always worth it for that. They're ranked, so it's okay. If they weren't ranked, then it would be a problem. But uh, I guess on that note, we'll leave the other sport talk off, so that way I can edit this in a timely manner. So until next week, don't forget to play ball.